Welcome to Inside the Four Walls. Sports nutrition, active nutrition, and lifestyle nutrition is our world. It's changing, it's adapting, and it's evolving at a pace not many of us had anticipated. And we want to know more. I've learned over the years that some of the best insight is derived through conversation. And if you truly want to understand the dynamics of the market, you need to look beneath the surface. You need to ask those from within. So that's what we're doing. We talk to people from within the industry, those that have opinion, those that have been at the coalface, and those that have been there and done it. So buckle in and enjoy the ride. I'm Nick Morgan, and this is Inside the Four Walls. Welcome to episode 19 of Inside the Four Walls, and we are going back to the heart and soul of sports nutrition. Today, we are talking to Rene Van Der Zell, who is the founder and CEO of XXL Nutrition, which is a Dutch-based company uh, dominant within Holland and Belgium, or Benelux, um, but also exports across uh, Europe and into other um, export markets. Now, Rene is one of the almost original founders. XXL had their 17th birthday last week. So when you actually listen to this, maybe that was two weeks ago, um, which just gives you a sense of when they began and when Rene started. Now, we have had one previous sort of real strong founder story in Jason Rickaby and PhD, which people loved and, and sort of really found interesting to listen to. Rene is exactly the same. Go back 17 years, take pulling tubs of powder and selling them to his mates as a bodybuilder in the gym. And then 17 years later, you find an, a very successful business in Holland doing a phenomenal job launching products against multiple trends and, and still with a degree of focus. So it's a great story to remind yourself when asking the question about sports nutrition mainstream, what does that mean? How are different brands tackling it? And how are some of the original brands faring? And when you listen to Rene today, I can honestly tell you it is an overwhelmingly incredible reflection and reminder and quite refreshing about that some of the original sports brands are still faring well, no matter what the industry narrative might suggest. So with that, I'm going to leave you in the capable hands of Rene. Sit back, enjoy, relax, take notes, because honestly, this is a brilliant listen. Rene, welcome to Inside the Four Walls. Great to have you on. Um, happy 17th birthday, although you do look a little bit older than that. Yeah, say. yeah. Thank you, Nicholas. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, my pleasure. It's great to have you on, actually, um, for a number of reasons that I think will become clear as, as we talk over the podcast. But given it was the, the company's 17th birthday, I think it was right last week, yeah. um, it's probably a good place to start by just saying, just give us a little bit of insight, Rene, to how, how XXL Nutrition actually started. Yeah, I'm going to try to, uh, to, to make a story in a nutshell, eh, to make it, uh, make it short. Please. It's exactly, it started because I, uh, had, uh, I did bodybuilding uh, in the past. Um, I could not uh, digest the proteins that were on the market. I had all kinds of stomach problems with that. One time I visited a friend from mine from my in Germany. And I, uh, he, he offered me a protein shake and there I had no problems. I say, hey, what's this? Where you have that from? Yeah, it comes from a, a factory nearby who makes uh, nutrition for babies. 
they make it. And they make also some proteins. Okay, I go there. Uh, I buy some buckets there. And I take it home to the Netherlands. I give it to my friends. They also want it. And every time I go to Germany to visit my friend, I need to take more proteins home. I did it just for friends, okay? I did not earn any money out. And then later I had, I had to uh, rent a bus to go there and, I, and then it goes more and more. And um, one time it was a day I crashed my car. I bought a just new a Cabrio. I wanted to drift. Never ever seen that. I have seen that on TV. I said, yeah, that's, I, that's cool. And I have no experience at all. So I crashed the car in the first corner. And then I think, whoa, this is not good. I had to earn my money back. How am I going to do that? I think the proteins, yeah. I take I have already clients, I can sell it, I have a supplier, I have to make a brand. So at this time it started um, that I take produce from there with my own labels on it I, and um, um, that I made myself. And I sell them online in a web shop I built myself with front page for dummies with a book I bought because I have no experience with building website at all. And I made labels uh, in, 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 uh, in, in PowerPoint. It's not, uh, not in Adobe or something, but in PowerPoint, I made some labels. And this is how it started. From there, it growed. And I, 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 I did it besides my normal job. I had a normal job as electrotechnic engineer. Yeah, but, but I, yeah, I did it besides that. And I, 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 I have to take uh, to lend some money from my parents, 5,000 euros. That's what I spent because I had no money at all anymore because I bought the car. That was all my money was rented into the car that I crashed. So I have to lend money from my parents. And, and, and that's how it. quickly? How quickly did you evolve from, or how quickly did it was it before you left your job to do it full time? One year, about one year. Wow! So t t five thousand euros investment from your parents. I hope. Yeah. You've given it, I hope you've given that back. To yeah, you. yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and um, and then it took you twelve months to go from PowerPoint labels. That's absolutely amazing, isn't it? To to sort of going full time, and 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 even going full time in twelve months, was it still you? Or had you already brought on some uh, help and support by then? Yeah, to, to, uh, then I uh, had uh, my, 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 uh, uh, my training partner who's called, hey, you, uh, you work there. And I, so I trained with him. And then he started working with me who make package, uh, packages. But we did no promotion at all. There was no promotion. It was everything was uh, mouth to mouth. And I, go to, I was going to a lot of competitions for for fitness bodybuilding and i know a lot of people that have my network and that i was selling there also the buckets and the proteins and all kind of, i had some more products in the by, by them and uh, people buy that online and it was mouth to mouth uh, advertisement so i gave all these people t-shirts i think hey these uh, these are the best uh, athletes of the gym if they give, if i give them some free t-shirts they walk around in the gym with my t-shirt and with shakers i they see uh, Maybe yeah, it's good advertisement. Like this, it was working. And I was a sponsor of a bodybuilding forum in the Netherlands. That's Dutch bodybuilding. In that time, fora was were still big. Eh? You didn't. There was no social uh, platforms like uh, Facebook or something that didn't exist. So a lot of people were talking about bodybuilding and sports and about nutrition. So on fora forum community there. And there I was a sponsor. And from there, all my clients came. came. Yeah. It took, and anyway, it, take, it took about five, six years before we did start doing something with marketing or something. It was, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing, but, but not uncommon. Because actually, if you go back, I would say 
you know, XXL nutrition then starting what would be around about 2004, then that would make it mm. effectively starting at a time when sports nutrition was relatively immature, but there was a few well-established brands around, but a lot to, to lot to grow into. And um, that's exactly how it started. A founder's story, selling it out of their garage, bringing protein to people that they knew. And, and it, it was almost very common, but if you can reflect back then, do you, did you feel like, you had many other brands to compete against. Yeah, the world, yeah, but, um, but, but, but the good thing is because now you see you see a lot of new brands coming and a lot of people. Yeah, and they use for you is easy. You started at the right time. But if I look back at that, a lot of brands were were, were existing then. They don't exist anymore. Uh, so I think yes, this is not a completely true story because where are these brands then? If they they were already there before I started, but there were not so many competitors as now. Um, but we had a few in the Netherlands anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And how many, what, what products did you start with? So you yeah, started was, with Cubs of Protein. Now was that? No, no, yeah, yeah, it was, but yeah, but I, I did not start only with protein. I started with, uh, I asked what, what they offered more because I have only one supplier. It was a uh, white protein in two, in two kinds, an isolate and a normal one and some creatine, amino taps, weight gainer, all kind of all the basics, let's say, let's say like that. Yeah, and only uh, XXL Nutrition in that time, own brand. Yeah, and did you, uh, and how quickly, well, actually, let me ask the question, how many of those original products still exist, either by name? I mean, I'm sure you've yeah. changed yeah. them innovated, yeah, but by have, name, we, do they exist still? Yeah, one, well, uh, yeah, a few, yeah, creatine, of course, it's still creatine, but we have a mega growth, that's uh, also a creatine, uh, variant we still have that also but it's not uh, the formula is different but we still have that yeah yeah and nowadays I, then i bought white label products but nowadays all our products of most of our products i have to say are our own recipes we evolved in that we are really into the formulas and that kind of stuff so that's for but but in that time not it was just all white label and how did you describe xxl back then would you have said it was a sports nutrition brand. Would you have called it a protein brand? Did you call it a bodybuilding brand? And as much yeah. as definitions are, we I mean, sometimes we can be a bit too intricate. And there's no need. But I'm just interested. How did you describe XXL back then? In that time? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, we, 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 our name was XXL No Nonsense. No Nonsense Nutrition. That was the original name. Because uh, so it's uh, then, it, then it was... Um, it came from the brand directly to the consumer. And in that time, that was quite new because you have all the traditional brands from the United States mostly coming. Yeah. BSN, Optimum Nutrition, uh, uh, yeah, well, how many brands you had in that oh, time? Muscle Tech. Yeah, Muscle Tech, um, all that kind. Yeah, and that was all that time. But everything, it's, it was very expensive because you have, uh, you have to come here, you have, uh, you, have, you have the brand, it may have to be produced, importer wholesale and that kind of stuff and then we have had no nonsense that was exactly uh, <laughs> but but but, we, but everything we sold was a good uh, for high quality that was that was for me very important and and the model back then i mean you launched a web shop so effectively you launched direct to consumer it was that just by it was the simplest way for you to do it was it how conscious were you of the model at that stage because now yeah. forward thinking the model is such a big thing for us in the industry it's been quite disruptive so yeah i understand yeah in that time i was i saw i felt that that was the future that you have to sell 
directly to the consumer. Then I think, hey, that this, yeah. And is that is that how you describe yourself now, a direct to consumer brand, or be it you're a bit more omni? omni yeah, that's of course. It is a big evaluation we made in the years. We always were a B two C uh, to the consumer uh, company brand, but it was possible to uh, for, for for business clients to make a, an account on our website. In the beginning, not, but but we get a lot of phone calls from gyms. Hey. Uh, I don't sell proteins anymore. Uh, everybody's walking here with a T-shirt from XXL Nutrition with your shakers. Uh, I want to uh, sell your products. Then we say, no, not possible. We have no, we, have, we don't have wholesale. We don't have wholesale. And then, then we have one time, we have to say, yeah, you guys, we have to start with wholesale. And then we opened a business portal yeah, with, better, with other pricing, with wholesale pricing for gyms. But we, have, uh, we were not active in searching for gyms. They called us. Hey, can I, do you have somebody who can come to me? No, we don't have them. Can you help me? No, not really. You can deregistrate there. And if we think you're good, we say, yeah, you can order. And that was it. It was a quite rude, actually, in that time. We had no time for these people, for this kind of clients in that time. But now, the last years, uh, we come in more gyms. I meet more people with gyms. We see they, uh, they, they have a need. They also need a brand who helps them. Well, how to how can I sell my products? How can I train my trainers to advise, give good advice to the people they they train? They have most of gyms have a lot of suppliers, different ones. One for a vending machine, one for sports waters, one for drinks, one for this. And now we we are now a one stop shop for gyms. We have five people on the road. And and that service delivery to gyms, I assume you would say, is is advantageous to you still. Whilst everyone's moved or increasingly moving online. That yeah. face-to-face service delivery to gyms. You, you yeah, we don't it. we don't have face-to-face deliveries. Our uh, relationship managers, we call them, let's say, like that, they're on the road and they um, they don't deliver nothing, only samples and talking and new products. But uh, every gym orders online. They order online themselves and they get the products. But we have a big package. What we offer them, yeah, we 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 help them. Let's say like that to, to grow also their business. Yeah, but but what I mean is they've got the personal interaction. Whether yeah. they themselves are delivering the products, obviously they're not. But what I mean is the fulfillment yeah. is online, but the the relationship is person to person, which increasingly has been removed from our industry more so because um, yeah. we're moved online. So that's still yeah. something you're actively driving. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I see, uh, I think it's very important also. So we, we, we built on the relationships, but that, that's, that's not only, we also do uh, cooperations, I call that, eh? because they don't, it's not that they buy from us and we throw, we throw the, the proteins there and say, okay, here they are and see what you do. And we, 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 we are more partners. And that's also with, like we also go to retail at this moment. And that also is not, we, we always look for the relationship, to build relationship with all our clients. Uh, that's for me important and also then you are more than just a supplier you standing shoulder by shoulder to think about new concepts help them for about, about promotions and that kind of things um really it is an amazing story it it reflects a few of the you know i would call it an an original brand one of the original pioneers you know traditionally or principally within holland but there's those within various other markets or countries around around europe you started 17 years ago it took you 12 months to go full time you know can you just give me a sense of how quick the growth happened? Like how long did it take you to make a million? 
I, I assume you might be able to answer that because yeah. you're far, far bigger than that. Yeah, so yeah. How long did it really take you to make the first million? And then, and then would you say there was an inflection point of like, oh my God, this is big meteoric growth. I mean, what is the acceleration of XXL up to 20? Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that, that, that took about, I think, one, uh, about uh, one and a half year in that time. It's quick. Yeah. If you had said that, I mean, how did you feel at the time? I mean, were you ready to make one and a half million? I mean, of course, we'll all accept it. But what I mean is how did you, did it, I mean, it wasn't easy. I would never say it was easy, but obviously that, that feels like a reasonably quick trajectory given that any startup now would say the hardest momentum is to get to a million. Then they say five and 10 and so on. So I just, how do you reflect on that first million? Well, uh, the, the, the strange thing, I never was busy with figures. I just was big, I was busy in the company. I have to make new products. I have, yeah, always about new products. That was always my busy. And later I had some logistic problems. So we have to build, to go to a bigger warehouse. But yeah, I don't know what I was thinking in that time, but we also, we did no promotions at all. So that was a strange thing. It was a mouth to mouth to mouth trust in the brand. The people were actually happy by the product. In that time, the most product, if you get a shake, you have kind of clumps inside and the taste was very bad and I had a good product. What were the real struggles at that stage? So you just mentioned supply, you know, supply and warehousing. What what did you, what were the big, you know, when starting up, because it is good to reflect on that. What, what yeah. was some of the biggest challenges you faced? Yeah, in the beginning, was, I did everything myself in that time. So that was quite a thing. But that, that's just crazy if you think about it now. It's not possible anymore. I built my own website and I have no IT background at all. I had it from some uh, front page for dummies. A book. So I trained myself to build a website. Administration also, I did everything myself. I made my own labels. I did, so I did, and, and, and I was the, the customer service, I, product development. I have no, I, yeah, I had no, nobody uh, working for me in that time. Yeah, it's incredible. And also, uh, and there was no specialist I could hire. There were no consulants or, or something like that, nothing. Yeah, it's mind-blowing, isn't it? You almost look back and think, how did we possibly do it? But, but actually... Yeah everything is achievable if you put your mind to it. I, I, I would never have thought it's only about timing. You, it was a good timing, yeah. but you have to make it work yourself. And I suppose that brings me to a really important part, which is the importance of a founder story. Because some of the original brands, again, the pioneers, always had a figure at the top of their company that people could associate it to. Now, normally that's also just because you're, you know what you want to consume because you're the bodybuilder. Yeah, um, I just wondered, you know, back then, that's obviously a huge advantage because you could sell it to your peers. Is it still an advantage to you now to be at the top of the business as a bodybuilding? Uh, yeah, like everybody who works here trains. And as uh, if some people come to visit us, they always look, oh, what's this? But in the warehouse also, you see all kind of big uh, guys and uh, <laughs> walking there and, and the women's in leggings. They may do the order picking, but also here customer service. A lot, uh, almost everybody here works out. Yeah. So and, uh, and uh, many of them also are personal trainer in their uh, free time. So we are we are on top of the business. Yeah. How many product ideas do you get from the rest of the team in the business then? Oh, that's not so much because I am always in front. I am always there first. I always that's like um, that's the one the one thing I still do eh? a lot myself. That's uh, the product development. That's Maybe. my uh, that's my business. That's my uh, territory. Yeah. So, so you, I am. Yeah. You're, so you're actually chief innovation officer as well as. Yeah. CEO. Yeah. I am. I'm old school. Eh? I am the one who thinks a good product sells itself. And I want, and I am somebody who, uh, who 
trust for me is very important. So I think if a client buys from me a product, he has to be sure it's good. No, no, I don't think so. I, I'm not involved with any kind of other processes here. Also, I have, if I go on holiday for, for two weeks, nobody calls me. Because everybody, everything arranges itself. Here. People are, have own teams where they do that stuff. Eh? They, they arrange the normal work. And the product development, I do it very, with, here with Frank. Yeah, you know Frank? Yeah. Uh, we do it together. I don't think so that, that this is... Because we have many, many new products coming in. Sometimes we have to keep a... Keep it a little bit slow, eh? because I always I see, hey, there is a new market there. We see, we have to have this. I'm not really involved in all in the, in the most processes who are you know, uh, who's going on here. Let's say like that. Yeah, so interesting. Basically, you've you've um, removed every removed himself from what you're not good at, brought in the experts around you, and and, <laughs> and stick to what you love doing and are good at, which is innovation, and that's where you yeah. focus. And everyone is built around you. Which is yeah. Basically. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm good in the cooperations, let's say like that, that to make new cooperations with new clients and bigger clients and that kind of stuff. Uh, in the relationships, that's what I do. Talk and to me about innovation, right? How important has innovation been over this? Over the uh, has it ever changed? Has it ever been more or less important? Or um, uh, are you still driving? I mean, you're, you that's your baby. So look, how often are you trying to get? innovation out I mean, yeah yeah it's not that we have a calendar that we say we have to so have so, so many inv- innovations every month or year or, or week it's just uh, yeah for example now we we starting to go to uh, soccer we're gonna we work together with a few of we're gonna be the the nutrition delivery for a few nutrition and for the nutrition for a, a professional soccer teams in holland and they have also some requests and we look at that and I say, okay, I see it's your product, but I think it's this is from another brand. We have this. I think, okay, but we can better make, we change it a little bit, then you have a better product. So then it also, it comes with new cooperations, you see new demands. And yeah. then we make new products for that again. So also like that, it evolves. If you come all the way up to today, 2021, beginning of June, how do you describe what XXL Nutrition is now? Is it still sports nutrition? Do you call it performance nutrition? Do you call it active nutrition? What, yeah. What, what is, what, what, how do you describe it? Yeah, it's difficult. Like, uh, we have uh, we, we built our brand, so uh, we, we 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 gained a lot of trust within the market. So everybody, all people who, who I did not never met before, they say, "Oh, XXL Nutrition, that's a good brand. That's that that's good stuff." So that's what that's what we built. But we, our product range is very wide. We have it from proteins, but also we have food. We have clothes, clothes. Already also for a longer time, we have a lot of sportswear. Now more brands have that, but we were one of the first because I see it. Yeah, we, it's, it's a very, we are very, yeah, we have, we offer so many products. It's not really only sports nutrition. It's also for people who go to diet. It's also for health. And I, I told you before that a lot of brands, they have a brand identity, but then it's only, uh, it's not the right word. I think everything, let's say like that, every product in a, from, from a few brands, they look the same. Yeah. It doesn't matter what kind of product you buy. It is the same jar, the same closure, the same label, only the name is different. And then you have 10 jars before in front of you and some bottles and only, and it's all the same colors. And only the name is different. So you have to look carefully what say, this is vegan. Okay, this is vegan. Okay, this is for women. Okay, this is women. But within our product range, we have segments. We have a health segment that would looks different. We have a delicious segment, what is more for retail, looks very friendly. 
we have a professional line. What's more, what is again, we have our old colors, let's say black, a lot of black within. We give every product uh, their own look and feel. So a vegan product looks different. So somebody who is vegan is more attracted to this kind of products automatically. And you can have opinion about that. I always say, some people say, yeah, but I, I, I this is my opinion. Okay, that's your opinion. But well, at least we thought about it. Yeah. What, what should be the look and feel for this product? So we, so that's why we are a, a brand, but has a very wide range in products, but we can operate in, client, in niches in the market. So we can, we can operate with our vegan line in the vegan market. We have an endurance line. We can compete with uh, people of, with brands who only have for endurance. So that's how we work. Actually, whilst you mentioned endurance, it's a really interesting one because you would be, or I would describe you as a, as a traditional sports nutrition brand inherently built around protein, performance supplements like creatine, amino acids. Yeah. Has it been easy or um, is it time, time and money efficient to put, effort behind endurance on the basis no. that endurance brands are seen as endurance brands as, and protein brands are seen as protein brands and they sort of they clash in terms of stereotype but- yeah ex- exactly i know what you mean of course we have that uh uh but it's in my opinion we we need to offer it if you are if you if you do endurance sports or football of a kind of and you, you need, we need to have products for you Maybe maybe you don't have to have the biggest choice, but we 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 have to give you this kind of assortment for that, and that's the reason that I have it. Yeah, we're building on it. You see more and people more and more people buy that from us. That's growing. A, a, a kind of a really important question for me, Rene, is everyone in the industry says the same thing, which is sports nutrition has gone mainstream. And I just sort of wondered, like you've dived, you've diversified your portfolio. So you have some protein, you have performance supplements, you have the wellness and health-based areas. Yeah, foods, foods, food. a lot of foods, yeah. Have a lot of foods. So you're covering nutritional needs 24 hours a day. So are you selling more to the original consumer because you've got more choice for them, pancakes, breakfast solutions, evening solutions, dietary solutions, or has that range expansion also serviced a broader consumer base so you've yeah. got more active people is that fair? yeah what's how yeah and uh, you have to see we really uh have a broader audience now who buys from us consumers yeah you also have all the people who have a diet they come through us uh, we also have uh, in, in the in the past we had all, 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 only male uh, consumers now it's uh, 60 40 with men female and also the orders we have we we process every day growth grow, grow, grow. And it's not only that there's so many bodybuilders that are not on the world, let's say like that's good, that, that, that shouldn't be possible. So also that, yeah, we have a, a wider range of uh, audience. And uh, what we see now, what we also try to communicate a little bit is that people see XXL before, I started the brand with XXL, hey, big nutrition, this nutrition, if you want to get big, but now, we already in a few years we try to change that a little bit that xxl oh that's the biggest xxl nutrition the biggest in sports nutrition that's also that we have on the advertisement on the radio so a lot of new customers don't associate xxl anymore with bodybuilding but with the big the biggest in sports nutrition and that that's xxl so that's changed how people see our brands oh no xxl oh, you're the biggest the biggest in sports nutrition yeah, which which is interesting because I think that, that 
that does reflect the mindset shift doesn't it? it does it does reflect the consumer change i think we have seen a consumer shift in all of the major markets across europe it doesn't necessarily mean that all the brands are surviving or or evolving and i suppose it'd be really good to know what you would say the top three things or whatever it is that comes to mind that you would say has enabled you Rene, and xxl to evolve with the market what has enabled you to do that so product diversification you're offering more things but if you were to pinpoint what has really ensured you've you've evolved with the consumer what would you say yeah i think uh, one of the i think what for me is very important is still the quality of the product you had a, you, and I know there was a, uh, um, um, now again protein prices are rising. We had a few years ago, so also the, the prices were sky high. I know many brands start fooling around with the proteins, mixing. Uh, where, 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 where can we save money on production? Of course, we we don't want to pay more than is necessary, but we don't save money on quality, never. Uh, so we have always satisfied customers and I know a lot of brands they did it different in the past even if they say no because I know where they may produce it and I know these people a lot of them personally I know what's happening in, yeah. in the factories uh, so that's I think it's very important yeah know what you want for us was we know we want to we want to build our brand so don't discount over discount over discount over discount always discounts over everywhere I think that ruins your brand in the longer term I think for it's example, important one, yeah. isn't it? Price, price, holding yeah. price. Um, yeah. I think that's a really important one. Okay, we it? are not the price fighter because that's a very bad concept. If a new price fighter comes in the market, all your clients run because they buy from you because you have the lowest price. And that's uh, only, you're only going to go down. Let's say like that, only the biggest win, the biggest wins there. So you have to build your brands, you have to build on trust and that, and that you also you do, there cannot be always discount. A lot of brands, they have influencers, Jack. The influencer is called Jack. Jack have a discount called Jack 15 or even Jack 30, I see, 30%. So people buy from the from that company, use the code Jack uh, 30. They get uh, 30, the, 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 yeah, people always get that 30% discount. But also Jack gets, gets some kickback eh, from that. So also that costs the company a lot of money. But in the long term, they ruin your brand because people know I buy from you, if, but I need discount, I want discount. I think if later there is no discount, they, ah, but we have to grow, grow. Then people buy from us and later then we stop with the discount and they keep buying from us. Yeah, that's the best question because the people buy it, bought from you as because it was cheap, because you have 30% discount. The, the, I think the, 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 the big question is if they keep buying from you, if there is no discount anymore, because then they also can build from Another brand, yeah. what maybe they have more trust in. Yeah, just, yeah, just a little bit, yeah, how I see it. And of course, I know if you're not the discounter, you'll never be the biggest one. But I don't have to be the biggest one. We have to keep, for me, is everything is going good here. Every grow annually, still 20% every year. Also, last year we grow 20%. I think even this year we're going to grow 20%, even if we had the lockdown for a few months. Everything is going the good. We do the good things, and I don't need a growth of 50 or 100 percent because you also you lose the control. It's not only about uh, the sales here, eh? how much we sell, because also you need to make a profit. You have to keep a healthy company. I see a lot of companies they have uh, more, uh, they sell much more than us, but every year they have to pump up some more millions of extra money in it 
what for, for what then? And year after year, but what what is the use then? What what are you doing it for? It's the wrong way, I think. It's not the right way. Yeah, well, that, that that's what keeps you and XXL quite different still at the moment because I think a lot of people have obviously a lot of brands and businesses have gone down that route, and and I can understand it because obviously they're fueling growth. Um, it's easier to move uh, products across Europe, for example, and into export markets as well. There's been a big drive on um, capabilities and capacities online. So digital, direct-to-consumer uh, understanding. So I can see why they do it, but but you're right. It just gets into this cycle of the, maybe the more you make, but the more you're investing and, and the, the company itself is, is, is not necessarily ever more profitable. Um, but I would argue or would say 20% year-on-year continued revenue growth, let's say, is above average for many brands in sports nutrition at the moment because I don't think it is that straightforward. It's not an easy market right now. I mean, how would you describe the buoyancy of sports nutrition with across Europe? Yeah, but you, of course, you, everybody knows my protein. Of course, yeah, you see them growing, world dominance. Um, that's what you see. What's happening? I see a lot of brands suffering uh, <laughs> because of that. But that's the market. Eh? You have to deal with that. So that's why you have to be different than my protein. If you do the same, then then you have a problem. But so how? That's really. But that's. Let me go on. That. How are you? How I mean? How do you just define to everyone in the business when you come in and you say to everyone, "This is how we are going to win in market because my protein's dominant, phenomenal DTC model, also great products at value at yeah. value. You've got yeah. a very big competitor just up the road from you, also yeah. um, direct to consumer." Uh, in terms of body and fit. So how do you differentiate or gain your advantage? A few things I mentioned before. I think also it's about how do our products look, look and that we have segments in our assortment so that we, so we the vegan people, we have some kind of demands, find our products and say, okay, this, this, this is me. Eh? So that's what we do. And we have a lot of trust in the Dutch and Belgian market. Uh, every there is no no many not many people who talk about us bad. If you talk of, of yeah about other brands you mentioned, there are people oh no no they they always have something to say about that. If somebody says something bad about us on the internet, other people attack these people on on social media. We have a lot of trust and yeah, yeah I think a lot of people love us here. Really, we have we have fans. We have really have fans, not customers, but we have, we have a lot of fans. Uh, yeah. I've got one particular trend question. In the UK, we are absolutely besotted with a company called Huel. Huel, yeah. Yeah, and in in and that's in the UK, but they've got they've got good scope in other countries as well. You also see it here, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In France, you've got Feed. In Germany, you've got Y Food. Yeah, we have Huel here also. Yeah, you have those brands in Holland as well. But in Holland, you've also got Jimmy Joy, um, and and plenty. I think there's the parent company. Yeah. So, You've got this growth of this meal replacement, right? Which is seen almost as a, 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 an original sports nutrition product. Yeah. Do you see companies like that around you as competition? Do you think they're, are they taking your consumers? Or when you launch a meal replacement, yeah. are you now competing with them? How, how do you well, see that dynamic yeah. in terms of the, the blurring of the market at yeah. the peripheries? Now, to be, actually, to be honest, maybe it's something we don't look so much around us. I see it, but no, we never we never talk about other brands here. If I think now, what's the last time we we had a discussion with anyone here about another brand? I cannot I cannot I cannot recall it. 
it's, it's, no, we don't talk about other brands. We just talk what we want to do. We want this, hey, Jungs, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do. Now we, we see, we, we are gonna go to, uh, uh, now a lot of gyms, yeah, we work on all kinds of gyms. We wanted to be, the, we were just, we want to deliver all, all the gyms in the Netherlands and Belgium in a few years, we want to deliver them all. And now we have most. Uh, there, 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 our, 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 our clients, our consumers come visit the gym. They train in the gym. They see our brand there. The brand, yeah, the gym is an authority, a specialist. And if if my if my gym has it, it must be good because if if my gym, they know what they're doing. So if they, if they have XXL nutrition, we trust the brand. Uh, this is how we build it. We work with specialists. We work with personal trainer. We work with coaches. Because uh, you go, you you go for training. You go to a coach. Your coach says, "Hey, you have to take XXL nutrition." Then you trust it because it's a specialist. Now that's that's one of our strategies. Then we have uh, yeah, with the retailer. I told you, working with that. And the other thing, we go to the the soccer, the the, the football canteens. You know, we have a lot of clubs, and there you buy fr fr fries. Yeah, you don't have this kind of snacks. We have all kind of snacks. In Holland, what they still eat there, eh? but all in a, if some after the soccer, everybody goes to the canteen, but all they have, you only have unhealthy products there. So now we have a, a product, the, the healthy canteen, canteen, the sports uh, for the for the sports, and then um, we're working on that also now. So for, for 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 soccer, tennis, hockey, and then also we are bringing our products, protein bars, drinks. There is also nobody on that market on the road. Nobody visits a football club and comes and comes to hey uh, we have products or tennis clubs. There's nobody doing that. We're also doing that. Yeah, so it's an interesting investment. And and so you've got you've got great brand equity in Holland and Belgium. Beyond Holland and Belgium, but beyond Benelux, what's what? How does XXL fare? How many countries do you uh, sell into yeah. or export? Yeah, we sell in Germany. Germany, we also is going. Uh, yeah, it's going. Yeah, okay, but we need to put some more effort in there. But the German market is also a, bit, a little bit difficult. But we have our products are in German. It's our neighbor country. We can send everything from here, so we don't need to any warehouse. And also the website is in German. But we're working on that to do more there. But we have really, we still have our hands full and we still grow very good here in the Netherlands and Belgium. We have a few export good export clients in other countries so it's korea vietnam china russia so we we deliver that containers and for now we don't look that we want to be a worldwide brand where we where people can buy the products online from our website from all over the world that's not at this moment not for us a focus let's say like that that's for later so now, so now it's yeah. We're going to more focus more on Germany, and then we see. And how much more growth is there? In a, I mean, I, this is a really fascinating question because I suppose it comes back to what is or isn't sports nutrition, and what, what, where, or how many more active consumers would come to XXL. But how much more growth is there in XXL in Benelux in in Holland? Yeah, I think we can still double here. But we don't know exactly. I think it's about 35. I always say that, but I really have to count them. That's really for full time. And we have about 40 part time. It's, it, but I love, I, I, for people who can't, people are listening to this today. It was obviously, we have the video on so we can see each other. And um, I, 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 always, I have a continual smile on my face because to speak to you, Renee, it's, it's actually remarkably refreshing about the approach that you have um, for yourself and for XXL in terms of 
um, inherently the focus that you still remain on, on on core attributes of what sports nutrition in terms of what you were at the beginning is, is to some degree still, even though you've evolved significantly, still inherently within the DNA of the business, it seems, and, and have quite quite strong focus um, in terms of how that's enabled you to keep to keep at the forefront of the market is, is how it appears to me anyway. I mean, I, we don't know each other particularly well, but yeah. it definitely comes through. Yeah, we have a little bit different approach. Like a lot of companies, they always look on, hey, what's the profit? How can we do this? And how much money are we going to make there? Here, a lot of uh, decisions we make is uh, uh, gut feeling. Go ahead, the gut feeling. So we, we, and, um, we discuss everything in the group. We have here customer service. We have here people from finance. I have here marketing. I have the purchase manager. We are all in all one uh office we sit here and i come out we discuss something and somebody from customer service stands up somebody from finance and they just hear what's going about and they're gonna discuss also with it everything works like this here yeah we have uh, we have no uh, uh planned meetings everything is here just yeah just going on cont- uh, continuously yeah everybody is really uh yeah involved let's say like that yeah that's brilliant with, with a lot of passion it's a non-hierarchical system almost yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. with I, a lot of passion yeah and, uh, so that and, and also we are quick okay because i can make a decision if somebody comes now so we discuss it yeah we do it yeah we do it at five minutes we go and next week it's there for example but a lot of other companies they are uh, yeah yeah it, it goes so so take months even years sometimes to make some kind of decision here everything goes fast everybody's always surprised everything everybody we work with I say, what's happening there? How is going so fast? How is this possible? And everything goes fast here. Amazing. Yeah, that's. And but but it, but it is a it is still, but I don't doubt it. By the way, a bold aspiration to to still feel that you can double within Holland and ben, um, Belgium, which which would be phenomenal, right? So yeah, in order to to do that, but with necessarily not telling everyone what your plans are. What what will underpin that though? I mean, uh, is that is that is that more and more products? Is that jumping on more trends no. like the gut microbiome? No, no, just uh, new corporations, new corporations. Yeah, we're working. Uh, yeah, new and just do keep doing what we're doing now because now we are in the good vibe. Yeah. The good, our flow is very good because a lot of things do come to us now. We have, uh, 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 for example, we have. Retail, uh, the retail, they come to us now. Very also with uh, they have some 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 have hundred supermarkets. They come to us. Hey Renee, I see your products. We are missing the boat. What's happening? Uh, can we discuss? Uh, well, we uh, is possible? Is it possible we can also add your products? Now, but there's so much to do there. You have on on the go. You have gas stations uh, that, that we can do a lot. Also with you over there, the on to go market, sport canteens. What I told you about hockey, yeah. f- soccer. Tennis, there's a still a big market in. Now we uh, we also be looking for more uh, partners for export that we find distributors from other countries. Also, that's coming to us now, but we have we have to look a little bit how we can change that we that we can profile us a little bit better that people can find us more easy if we're open for that. Also, we have now contact with BNS International. It's a big trading company in Holland. Uh, they have uh, a, f- a few billion they sell every year here uh, with trading products all over the world, like beers, chocolates. If you see, uh, for example, if you go to to Schiphol, uh, our airport, mm-hmm. there you have the Sea by Fly stores. Everything what's in that store comes from them, and they sell it all over the world. Uh, cruise ships, 
Amer American embassies and all American uh, army bases, that all the products that are there come from them. And they added now also 20 of our products to their portfolio and they sell it also worldwide. And they also came to us. So that's for me a sign that the signs are, are green, let's say like that. And, and, as, and as a product guy, as a product guy, what interests you most about what's next? I mean, there's a lot of developing stuff in the, in the, the area of the guts and the microbiome. A lot of work being done in the brain and sort of brain performance, yeah. mood, mood and sleep, for example. Um, what what product related trends excite you yeah. for the future? Yeah, you see, it took more vegan products. I see market for natural products, so pro of all kinds of stuff with natural ingredients. Yeah. So also we have that. We have a, a natural range with no artificial uh, additives. So then I see a market for, I see some vegan, but I realize myself now that we are on a point that we have maybe too many products. So our goal for now is more important than new products. How do I tell, how can I help my customer to find the right product for him? Yeah. So that's now for us focus for this year that we, we're going to build guides, supplement guides, I am a man, I am a woman, this is my sport, this is my goal, I want to do endurance, I do this, and uh, some other questions, and then you get a range, a, a res uh, then we show, okay, hey, a little bit, a story of, you need proteins, a story about proteins, why you need them, and then our advisor is the number one and, and an alternative, then, okay, we advise you some kind of vitamin, and this is your first choice, this is the second, and also we tell you why, and then also you can make your own stack, and you can get some discount, that's one. That's, and we have guides on pages, let's say a protein guide where you go on and then we, we ask you eight questions what, what, what for you, what's, what's important. And then this is, you get a result, okay, this is your protein. So this, this is what we're working on. So we're gonna move uh, question and answers videos we do that, that, that I'm gonna do myself also for our uh, consumers, for our clients. And also we're gonna make more store videos about our products, product development, how does it work? We're gonna take them to the factory film, how it's going on the people to give them a, a, a more quick insight from who we are and uh, how it works. And that's really uh, working very good. We already do, do that for some time, that works very good because a lot of people, they say now already we, we buy from Rene, for example, and not from XXL Nutrition, so yeah. So they, they get the Rene and the personal feel, huh? So they're going to get the videos. They're going to get explanation. It's going to be information from you. I mean, it might not always be you, but ultimately it is to a degree. Yeah. Um, and that, that's still, it, it is really quite incredible to get, um, again, to the, the brand awareness, the brand equity, the size of the business you have. And it's, it's, it's Rene and XXL. Which yeah, but, that, but, 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 but I am, that, that I am coming more in front uh, in the picture. Yeah. That's from uh, only from a less from one year or something for, for now, because I have a friend who has a big YouTube channel. He say, yeah, he, he heard about my story and he have, uh, he have, uh, it's, it's more normally about cars, his videos, they one world of cars. Now we also have a self-made series and I say, I heard my story. I said, I want to film for you. And then, and then from that, we get so many positive results. It was unbelievable that people, oh, is that the story? And this is Rene. Okay, that's nice. And yeah. But, but Rene, actually, if, if people look now at what people herald in the US is the next, the next best or, or the most emerging or interesting brand in Ghost, yeah. now available in Europe, they've gone back to the two owners being consumers 
or two founders being consumers and a huge content story about building the brand and about them. So yeah. actually at the heart of that brand is a, cons- a group of consumers who resonate with the founders. Yeah. Um, and actually over time, as the market's matured, the founders have gone further and further away from the brands. Rightly or wrongly, I'm not the right person to decide that, but you're a, 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 an example of those that have stayed close to it and would believe that it's still doing a huge amount of work for the brand. Yeah, I see it helps us really a lot. You see also a lot of consumers, they want to know from who they are buying. They don't want to buy from a corporate company. If yeah. they, they, it's more than because you, you see a lot of influencers uh, nowadays. Also, they get their own brands and that's working very well for them. But because why? Because people know from who they're buying. And um, if they can make a million quid in a year and a half, um, they'll, they'll be quite happy. Although I'm not sure it's quite so simple today as it uh, quite as easy to do that today as it was 17 years ago in terms of... Yeah, but in, in, in the Netherlands, you have a few very popular influencers who are really into, are into the market, have a lot of crime, but they, have a, they bring a younger uh, audience in contact with supplements. I think there are a lot of new consumers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it, just almost taking one step back for me and, and as we close to the final bit, it's interesting though, because what you described as a big thing that will get you to double the business is effectively personalization. So you're going to start to find more ways to talk to the consumers as an individual of one and be able to guide them to better recommendations based on that. Yeah, Yeah, I think to help to now really to, we are a specialist and this is is good, but I have my proteins here. You can see we have 18 different kinds of proteins. Yeah. For me, it's logical. I know everything what it is, but how can a client do that? How can we make his choice? It's, too, it's stupid from us to think that somebody could make two, make choose from us. We are specialists for us. It's logical, of course. That's this, this, that. So that's for our main goal. That's what we're going to work on. And that's what we're also going to make a lot of videos and content and guides, really yeah. guides what, on your mobile. Though. I love it because, again, it's my fascination because I, I would say I would know your 18 proteins. And again, it's very logical to what is on that table, right? But to a consumer who's only going to buy maximum 2.3 products, yeah, how the hell do they navigate the 18 proteins, let alone everything else in the range? And that yeah. therein lies the biggest inhibitor for sports nutrition, but yet the biggest enabler, if you can, if you can get that right. Yeah. And, and you have to make the guys very simple because I see a few, uh, I, I see it before in some other shops, but then you get all kind of complicated questions. Do you want the digested protein? Yeah. No, how do, what the fuck a popular, I don't know. I just want protein. I need, I don't probably what is digested because then you see already a specialist made the questions. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have to keep it simple. What, what, uh, very simple. What, what kind of taste you like? Mild or intense? Uh, do you uh, do you uh, do you have some special requirements? Vegan or, or, or I have a lactose problem? That kind of, of, of milk. Uh, I cannot eat milk products. That kind of questions you need to ask. Very simple, but everybody knows the answer. Yeah, brilliant. I've got two last little quick areas. The first one is. The first of the two is, is vertical integration because a lot of the DTC businesses have done some form of vertical integration. It's a big, powerful tool for my protein, uh, bulk, for example, which is also available in, in Holland as well, um, ESN in Germany, through, you know, and others. Is, has that been ever on the radar for you or just, again, one Do step your own production, you mean? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, no, no, no. Kijk, it's a good question. Kijk, we have a very good relationship with a local producer we grow together big, let's say like that. These people, uh, to go back to the beginning, uh, this woman, she knocked my door and they, 
can I make a mixed protein for you? In that time, I was still buying the proteins, the private label ones from Germany. I say, yeah, yeah, okay. But she normally, she mixed bread. She get the, the mixing company from her father. Uh, I told, yeah, but uh, I don't have proteins. You have to buy them the proteins for me and the flavors. Okay. And then we started, and then she, she started. I was her first client for mixing proteins. And with her, I started to experiment and see what I was, yeah, and then we grow together. Now that's also with a very big mixing company in the Netherlands. Yeah. We're still working with them. We have a very good relationship with them. We have a very good pricing. I also see how much profit they make on the products from us. And I think, yeah, this is not where we can earn it. So I was thinking about integration before, but now our relation is that good. We have open calculations with each other and, uh, no, for not it's not a focus. I think we focus now on the things that we are good at, and that's building the brand. Yeah, good answer, good answer. But yeah. inherently within that answer is a phenomenally strong relationship with a contract manufacturer. Yeah, exactly. But, but I'm sure that's very important. Would, yeah, but I would, I'm sure you would both describe it as a partnership rather than a transactional. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Okay, we know the pricing. We know what the protein pricing does. We know what so what the price should be paid for that. We know what qualities we want. So, yeah, I think uh, what for us in this is this moment is worth good. Yeah. Now, Rene, last question, and it's the Rene question. You, we haven't said, but Exitel is a successful business, right? Um, for those that don't know, but um, it is a successful business. Um, good, good, strong revenue, um, and you've you've already told us three thousand orders, twenty percent year on year growth, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like, what you you've kept it to you. It's you, it's still Rene. I mean, you talked to me the whole time for the last hour, absolutely driving a level of enthusiasm that's um, ironically refreshing for an industry that was being founded by founders, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. What, what's, what's your aspiration? I mean, uh, you drive some lovely cars, I'm told, around around yeah. Holland, but ultimately, you know, you could have cashed out. What's the what's yeah, the, what's the, what's the yeah. Rene story? Why not? Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit, it's still strange a little bit, maybe, because I never, if I, it's not that the money drives me. I don't do it for the money. Once it done, the, the money doesn't make me happy or something. A good example was for that. I was busy with my marketing manager. We talk about um, uh, some plans we did. We did some new uh, corporations, and he was talking about it was a good, it was a big success. I said, oh, it's great. Numbers are dead. And one time, my financial, financial controller came here. Hey, Rene, I have the numbers from last year. We, we did 30% uh, more profit we make uh, than last year. We, made, we did very good. They say, yeah, yeah, okay, it's good, it's good, it's good. I didn't even respond on it. And later says my, my marketing manager, Rene, this is why I love you. For you, it's not about the money. It's because I didn't even respond on it, uh, almost, because I was busy with that marketing stuff. I said, you do it for the business because you lie, you you. This is what you like. It's not about the money. It's 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 a product for, from the work we do, of course. But it's not the main goal. Let's say like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna make my own summary now, and and therein lies how some brands will struggle to compete against you because everyone else is revenue driven, margin driven, target driven, and there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's quite right in many instances. Yeah. But if you're not. How do they compete with that? Because inherently, you will make decisions that are not driven by that, which, of course, could be counterproductive. But in an industry that still has a huge degree of gut feel to it, could be advantageous, I guess. Yeah. So that's how I that's how I interpret that. Yeah, actually, but it's a very good uh, 
Uh, you make it very good because it's actually how we run things here. And at the end, at the end of the year, we do it very good. Uh, we have very good numbers, so we are very profitable. But we make that kind of emotional decisions, let's say, like gut feeling decisions. It's still a lot of work. But yeah, and we also have data driven, of course, uh, the guys. I have data driven guys, but a lot of things are still because a lot of things there is no data on. You, you, you feel it's good or not, and then you do it or you don't. Yeah, and, and and I would I would reflect, and I'm glad you said that. At no stage are we saying anything other than you have a big infrastructure. You have you know 35, then up to 70 people, whatever the number yeah. is relevant. You have data people, huge digital capacity, uh, analysts in place, etc. So you're not not making sensible decisions. No. But but there is a a humanization, let's call it, that sits as a layer above that. Um, yeah, that's from, but that is also this the joy that gives me the joy. Every day I come here with a lot of joy to my work. At work, I say it's work, but it's a hobby. I just here, I'm, uh, yeah, everybody have a lot of, we have a lot of energy here. Everybody loves to come sit here. Everybody loves to work here. Uh, nobody wants to leave the company. We have never, no, never, yeah, almost never, nobody wants to leave the company. Yeah? You never see that. That gives me the joy, the daily joy, let's say, of the energy here. And that's yeah. if somebody wants to give me a buyout, what do I do with the bag of money? And then I go sit home and get unhappy or something. Or I know some friends of mine, they buy a boat and then they, hey, Rene, do you come to visit me? I'm on the boat. Yeah, yeah. And you come there and you see and she is unhappy. And say, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah, yeah, I have a nice boat. It's a very nice boat. But are you happy? Are you still happy? No, I'm not. Yeah, so I think, you know, for me, it's good like this. Every day I go to my work, make yeah. the business, do what I like. So very good. <laughs> very good. Which basically means for everyone in Holland and Belgium and in Germany and in the yeah. export markets, keep a lookout because XXL is still there and Rene is coming for you in 2025 <laughs> yeah. for the next and for the next few years to come because you're still going to be about, which is brilliant. Rene, honestly, I've absolutely loved every moment of this. It's been great chat. Um, thank you so much for your precious time. Um, I really enjoyed it. So thanks for your contribution to Inside the Four Walls. So a big thank you to Rene for joining us today. What a great podcast. So good. And also with it, no doubt, quite intense uh, to listen to Rene throughout um, in a good way, in a good way. Because actually, when you take all of that into account um, and you think about, let's say, our market of sports nutrition maturing. And with that, you sort of think that comes with professionalism and technology and and um, and efficiencies, it's just so good to remind ourselves that there are individuals with phenomenal passion still driving the same business that they started. And in, in the example of XXL, 17 years ago. Um, and it is that founder story that was in, fundamental to the success of XXL at the beginning and actually is still, it's still fundamental to their success and growth today. I mean, Rene's telling us, you know, and we have to take some understanding of that, you know, right or wrong without actual numbers, that they're still growing. Um, it's a sizable company company in terms of euros, um, uh, multiple millions, and they're doing 20% uh, year-on-year growth. And he is still the founder. He is still driving that business. He himself owns product and innovation. Um, and with that, he is fronting the videos. He is 
demonstrating that partnerships are done through Rene, it is still all about the individual behind XXL as much as it is the brand. And that's not to say anything about everyone who works for Rene and for XXL driving the bigger engine. It's just a reminder that actually that founder story, that enthusiasm, that insight, that passion, that empathy, is still such an important, advantageous attribute to a brand. Um, and that's what comes through overwhelmingly when listening to Rene. And I think his his closed, his closed shop on innovation, that's what he owns, is fascinating. But the admission that he brings in those that uh, are experts in areas that he doesn't know particularly well, and he builds a team around that. And we know within that, there seems to be a joy to work there and also limited hierarchy. I think that would freak other investment companies out or people that wanted to get involved but at the same time it wouldn't be the same company if you did bring a certain degree of infrastructure and ways of working into that business it just fundamentally wouldn't and i think therein lies a massive advantage for xxl i think it's a massive advantage for rene in that whilst other brands around them both in holland and also wider afield in europe have a specific drive to get bigger and growth and numbers and and, and all those good things actually they can do what they want to achieve and they have bold aspirations to double again still within such a, a relatively small market by staying focused and having that founder story and that that's actually quite fascinating because ultimately if you ask people what does your brand stand for no one can actually replicate an individual necessarily and so that's always a unique advantage and in a market that's not particularly big then of course people can see and, and have that levels of awareness. And so potentially there is big scope for them to go. Uh, and actually, I don't think there's much more to say about it because within that you've heard so many great stories, uh, so many great insights about an original sports nutrition brand. And I suppose amongst all of this, you're seeing them evolve and their product range has gone vegan. You've got meal replacements, you've got bars, you've got drinks, you've got active food. Everything at a product level demonstrates diversification to a broader consumer set. Rene admitted they've got more consumers coming in. It's expanded beyond bodybuilding. But you know what? Above everything, they are still resolutely focused on being specialist and driving around that consumer-based habits and behaviors. And I think that says a lot. So with that, I'll say thank you for listening. And I can't wait to have you again because we've got some more great podcasts coming up and some more great stories that I think are incredibly important to the way that the sport, active, lifestyle, nutrition market is evolving. So bye for now.